on dispensers of pets, poking out at the cons, renaissance fests, watch anime chicks with inflatable breasts. You might be a Trekkie, eh, sit back and watch as the uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch. Turn to the letter F in your dictionary, and add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor, I'm just the definition of a fanboy, baby. Listen up, fanboy. It's the Fanboy Planet Podcast. Yeah, it is. Heck yeah. And here he is, the man, the dynamic duo unto himself, Derek McCaw. All right, yes. Uh, <clears throat> your little buddy. <laughs> oh, good hey, lord. Hey, I was the only one that applauded I'm his little buddy. Back that's, off. That's true. That's I've got, true. I've got a job. You, sir, are the manager of this store. We are podcasting from Elusive Comics and Games, 2725 El Camino Real Suite 104 in Santa Clara, California. And that was The Steve, manager of Elusive Comics and Games. So if you come here, you Steve can get in there. That was a voice in your head. You can What? No one else heard that? No. Oh, crud! Steve's off sick today. This... Really? Yeah. I was the other voice. I'm Michael Goodson. I haven't even introduced Back myself. Back on the podcast. Yeah. Sharnold, send me your love letters via you know, Facebook, We do a Twitter. We do a sound check, and via. then you come right in, and you're just like screaming. Well, now he's bold. Now that's as loud as Now I can hear myself, can I? I'm Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of FanboyPlanet.com. And now you've heard from Michael Goodson, or as I like to call him, Little Scruffy. Uh, and uh, to my right... Rick Brett Snyder, podcast producer, all I moral compass. Yeah. Lon Lopez is off on special assignment tonight, uh, working on his uh, on a special project that someday we'll be able to talk about when he gets Media it done. Mogul. Lon, Media mogul, Lon Lopez. Lon Lopez. Transformers three. He is not working on Transformers three. GI Joe two. But I'm going to tell you honestly, if Lon were working on either of those films, they'd yeah. be better oh, than Lon the previous Lon. one. Exactly. <laughs> Even if they were done with Legos and stop, action. I would have reason to go see those films. Without wanting to kill myself before I entered the theater. So, um, and believe me, there will be at least a Transformers 3. So, uh, we've got some comics news, some movie news, some TV news. And, of course, uh, the industry is still kind of just kind of reeling from the last couple of weeks. With aftershocks. It, the aftershocks of everything happening. Uh Disney tries to buy Marvel. We'll see if that still goes through. That still, there's still a couple of lawsuits holding that up. Uh, not really holding it up because eventually everything, everyone will roll over when enough money is put on the table. Um, I do. I know. And uh, then DC restructured and created an entirely new entity. As our Warner restructured DC and created an entirely new DC was entity. already part of Warner. Right, right. But they, from being DC Comics, is now DC Entertainment. People get confused. Such as yourself. And people. And there we go. We know Paul Levitt stepped down last week as a publisher. We still do not know who the new publisher will be, uh, which is it's more than a ceremonial title. Uh, it doesn't mean that they're actually the person publishing, but the person who, who makes a lot of the high-end business decisions under new blonde Really attractive um, person in charge, Diane Nelson. So, who the publisher will <laughs> You're be? Just we don't know. Up now. <laughs> I am, but it's true. And anyway, uh, so no one knows. Still, no one knows. But Paul Levitz is, as we mentioned last week, writing adventure. You, I understand, she's actually going to do press conferences in the Black Canary costume. Okay, I knew that would. Uh, Derek <laughs> dropped his pen dramatically. <laughs> 
Uh, no, really, I just par- was paralyzed. Anyway, um, great audio. That's what we do here. Great audio. I've been told we're pretty good. Not by you. No. No, don't, don't get me listen. wrong. Not no. by you. No, I know. I know. Um, but uh, there's, there's nothing really new in the, in the shakeups. You've noticed that nobody's done any podcasts since then from DC or Marvel. Yeah, I would listen to both. I have subscriptions to both of the podcasts for DC and Marvel. Actually pretty good, but... Mm, yeah. Not as good as us. Well, I'm better. Yeah, don't, don't actually, when I wrote, I wrote that, and there's don't this, say that on our podcast. I, Go yeah. on a third party and trash us, Rick. I wrote, yeah. <laughs> I wrote that to you this morning, and then I did notice that I had synced down a new Marvel podcast, um, as which of, was just an hour of was, silence. <laughs> it was on recorded on the seventh of September. So, and but it was like it was just a thing about Ghost Rider, and wasn't really anything about. Yeah, does anyone care? They do Ghost really. Rider? They do, Marvel does. They're really, doing Ghost Rider. The the yeah. <laughs> okay anyway no it's all right go ahead Marvel does I know there's a very focused individual <laughs> podcast what are you it talking is, about I, it's me goes right like it no, nobody knows that it's still around okay so I didn't know yeah that. honestly I have lost track of that book being published and rightly so the last the last one I thought was crap this is this is basically it's a it's a magazine for people who paint the side of their van still did now I am actually a Garth Ennis fan. Did anyone read that run? It's odd as a Garth Ennis fan to ask that question, but was that considered to be a good Garth Ennis run of Ghost Rider? Oh, I read some of the Garth Ennis run, and what I thought was that he turned Ghost Rider into Preacher. Mm. He made it very Vertigo-esque. Um, but he's not the. He has been but running in a successful way. I mean, Preacher was very. Successful. I was okay, I was okay with it, okay. but it, it felt like it had been kind of done. Okay. Um, yeah, and it's, but it's a different writer now. I think it's, I think it's Daniel Way, but I will agree. Ghost Rider was intriguing to me because it was the only um, comic book I had read in recent memory in which the letters page was really filled with people sending in pictures of their tattoos and painted leather jackets. There you go. <laughs> so okay. I can, so they what, have a target model. They do. Market. They do have a target market, and I got to say, I'm impressed that that target market can actually read. reads the book. Not no. <laughs> Good lord. Okay, that was Rick. That was totally Rick. Um, I I have no such tattoos. But, but as, then again. Even Garth Ennis wasn't enough to make me read that book. Okay, but what I'm saying there is is not that I'm surprised they can read. I wasn't surprised to read. I was just reading into what but, you were going to say. Yeah, you just finished my sentence. Great. Yes, we're not you. married. I'm not. And then Please. there's reasons for that. Should I leave? No. Uh, but uh, but it, it, earlier today I had read an article, a commentary by Gail Simone about how she you know, she's the writer of Wonder Woman. She runs into people who love Wonder Woman, have all kinds of Wonder Woman paraphernalia, and have never read the comic. So what impresses me about Ghost Rider fans, honestly, the people that are tattooing him on and painting them on their jackets and right. putting them on the jackets, is they're actually reading the book. Sure. Not because I'm surprised they can read, but that they are people that actually are – they love the character and care enough to support the book. If, we, if we're going to take this little digression that I must blame myself for. You must. The problem with Ghost Rider for me is that that character has taken so many left turns in in its mythos and the way they've tried to break. Is it a demon? Is it you know, whatever? He's not even a ghost anymore. Yeah, so he's uh, he's in hell. He's out of hell. He's riding a Schwinn. Yeah. As the most recent uh, uh, joiner of the comic book bandwagon, Derek famously described Ghost Rider as a character who is defined more by his look than by his story. And having now been in comics for 10 years or so, 
I can say, yes, that's true. He's always just a guy I've seen on covers. Yeah. But I've never really He looks looked really into cool. Yeah, he looks did you cool, ever watch the movie? Yes, I did. <laughs> I, with the jelly beans and all that? Yeah, yeah. It, red yeah. and yellow jelly bean. E- even that was hysterically awful. I read the- having never read the character. I mean, I, <laughs> yeah. I assumed there was much more to the character than that movie. No, no. Do you say? <laughs> okay. Well, it depends. Yeah. <laughs> I, I read the book from the first episode uh, uh, issue forward for quite a while, and they had a, a fairly decent story, a fairly decent origin. But in Marvel's yeah. way, they had to change it up every now and then. Yeah. By that wasn't really the devil; it was Mephisto, or it was really not. And there was a, a minor who, demon. There, Jesus was going to appear. Jesus appeared in several issues, and then they said, "No, that was some, another that trick." Was Jesus. Of, that was another trick of the devil. Yeah. And isn't preacher uh, no, Punisher the same way though? A character that's more defined by his his icons than any one story. Uh, I, I, uh, I would say Amon likes to see him kick ass, but but they haven't changed up the Punisher story. There's no definitive that is not actually true. They don't want they don't want you to remember they did this. But in the first Marvel Knights, K N I G H T S, the 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 line there. They had made uh, – they killed him and brought him back as a hunter of oh, rogue yeah, demons yeah, yeah. Yes. with a spirit gun. And now they sort of – and they went, oh, that didn't work. That was awkward. <laughs> um, so when Garth Ennis accidentally restarted that book, yes. he brought him back out of that right. sort of right. period and back to the streets about killing guys. So – and then Marvel, there are just some characters that are like that. And then Marvel realized, uh, well, kids like the Punisher, so we've got to bring him into the mainstream, and they have him kind of fighting supervillains and just missing a lot. Teens like the Punisher. Yeah. Kids Wing shouldn't them. like the Punisher. No, they shouldn't. I'm not saying they do. It's just like it's like Wolverine. Kid, kids shouldn't like Wolverine, but believe me, they do. Oh, well, He's so cool. Yeah. Kids, kids always like the stuff they're not supposed to like. Uh, mm-hmm. But we are digressing from the original root of this, which was Did the we podcast. Have a root of the podcast, and and I, th- it's interesting that uh, for the most part, the the DC podcasts were like um, phone conferences they would have with the press to announce things, and or or the panels they would have at different at different conventions, and they've had nothing for the last. Uh, well, it's kind of interesting, and. I- I, I'm in a weird position, but I think this summer really, really changed my mind about Dan DiDio. And nobody's talking about what he's going to do uh-huh. in this new rearrangement. Uh-huh. Um, so if he's going to step up and be a publisher, and what I say that's changed my mind is what I really saw in Dan DiDio at, at Comic-Con this summer is someone who's really sincere about comics, really loving the job he has, and wanting to do – He's even write, the, even he's though he makes Metal Men mis- and Wednesday comics, he's right? writing Metal Men and Wednesday comics. That's surprising to hear, having not been at Comic Con and gained that impression. Because hmm. I still sort of think of him as a guy who's kind of messing up comics. He's not giving me as a comics consumer what I want. Well, he said some things at uh, we attended. Uh, Rick brought me into the. the Panel on Sunday with with Dan DiDio. I right, can't remember what he calls Sunday it. Coffee, where it's just oh, no, it wasn't no, it's coffee. not. It's not coffee. That's, that's Cup, Cup of Joe. Joe. Cup of Joe. <laughs> yeah, Cup of Joe. With Cup Dan. Dan. <laughs> oh, um, no, where he just gathers people and talks about why do you love comics? Yeah, it was all about, and it was so sincere. Yeah, and I mean, you know, and it was yes, he, there was sort of a, a poignancy to it because his mother had died the week before Comic Con. And the reason he came was, you know, his mom basically that was she got him started on comics, and they would read comics together, and you know, so he had a hard time getting through the, at least the beginning of that panel. But what I loved about it was, one, he's standing in line with the fans, talking to Doing them before the, the panel is, yeah. begins, 
And then and something I don't think I would ever hear Joe Casada say, which is we've done some things wrong over yeah. the last couple of years. We've made some big mistakes, and we're trying to get them back on. Dan DiDio is Obama? Well, no, and, and DiDio, will, DiDio is Well, Dan more... DiDio offered me universal health care. Should I not believe him? Did, uh, depends if he wants to DiDio have comes across more as a more as a comics fan than Casada does. The deal will admit that like the first comics he he read were Marvel. Yes, you know, and I could never see Casada saying anything but good about DC. Can you say that about Casada? Casada's an artist. I mean, he, the guy draws. Comics. Yeah, but he's a powerful man in that organization. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And he doesn't draw that many comics. But um, the other thing I'd say about Dio, and I don't hear from the other side of things, is Dio is very conscious. Every interview I read with him, somebody comes up with, are you going to do this, are you going to do that, with this character and blah, blah, and, and he is very conscious of, and he loses a lot of battles internally, I know, because he's mentioned this before, about how much comics cost and yeah. how much uh, he, as, as much as they want to have sales, they don't want to make... Uh, Fans feel ripped off. They don't, you know, like he doesn't like absolute editions because he says you've already bought them. You know, why should I make you pay another $75 for them? Isn't that kind of a bad guy to have in charge of your business plan? Well, exactly. That's why he's not in charge of the business plan. He's, that's why I say he loses. But I like. I mean, I agree. Hey, here's my first issue of such and such. Now give it to me free on digital every digital format but that's not a yeah but that's model. yeah, yeah. Uh, we uh, how much digression we need to fork out on this uh, no, uh, but it's all right. an we, absolute we edition isn't just necessarily a reprint though an absolute edition is often a cleanup sure. and it's additional material it's background material it's oversized and it's, it's at a ridiculously high price yeah. and, and well not it, but it's at a ridiculously it, high price given how much the original cost but if you look at that book that huge hardback book in a slipcase, and you compare it to other books that are that size and that quality paper, and this stuff, it's priced right. And, well, sure, but let me say, I don't buy those other well, books no, either. I'm yeah. just saying. Yeah. I'm, ju- yeah. I'm just going to topple on Rick, and then we're going to be done. It's also, the, to defend the absolutes, it's also not for somebody who's reading comics for the first time, but somebody who loved it the first yes, time exactly, they read yes, it exactly. and wants to treasure it and maybe it is for to some, shell out. And let me say something then, and we'll be done, is buy Absolute Prometheus so that Mick... <laughs> and I'm going to follow up, and <laughs> yeah, then we'll be done. <laughs> so that Mick, so that, you know, friend of the podcast, Mick Gray, gets a good uh, royalty check. Okay, so... Uh, <laughs> okay. Fine. Uh, let's Next. talk about comics. Well, um, okay, so we go Wednesday Comics. You mentioned Dan DiDio's writing Metal Men in there. Yep. Wednesday Comics finishes its run. Do we live in a great world right week. now where we've got Metal Men and Wednesday Comics, and we've got it in the back of Doom Patrol? Yes. That's just awesome. We do. And they're both really good versions yeah. of Metal Men. Yeah. Because we have Dan DiDio and Jose Garcia Lopez doing Metal Men and Wednesday comics. And right. the backup is... And I, don't matter, I don't mind that that storyline is taking up maybe 15 minutes total. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like week after boy, week. Boy, this is moving there's really the slowly. Thir- there's the next 30 <laughs> seconds of this story. That's exactly why I've actually been banking them. You've been passing them along. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I just yeah. got like how many ever, eight or nine, however yeah. many have come out. Yeah. And uh, I, I look forward to savoring them soon. I do read I, I two or three at a time. And go, oh, these are going to be really cool. Yeah. I'm going to save a big <laughs> stack and read them all at once. I suspect that some of those stories are going to read a lot better about uh, that way. Like Neil Gaiman and Mike Allred's Metamorpho, I think he's they're playing with layout in such ways that, boy. They're playing with the, the from, whole the comic book Saturday, uh, Sunday comic kind of thing. Yeah, and but, from week to week, it's you know, the Steve here didn't like the Metamorpho thing. He thinks it's stupid, but one of the jokes they're making is like, and I think Goodson will appreciate the joke of uh, That's me. 
the, yes, I know, but I'm saying to the listeners because you've taunted me for my love of Metamorpho and Neil Gaiman's taunting me for my love of Metamorpho by pretending that this feature exists in an alternate universe yes, in which Metamorpho is the most popular character exactly, in DC Exactly, exactly. It's, it's awesome. <laughs> has a Saturday morning TV show that has a live action so series. So many spinoffs. And, <laughs> and that there are toys for Metamorpho everywhere. Prior sure. References to prior history. And, yeah, yeah. And, and, and I, Earth doesn't have a number. I, I felt taunted. It's Earth Derek. And I felt taunted. And, and I went, But it's Neil Gaiman. You have a right to taunt me, sir. And... <laughs> I, I do have one complaint about that since we've gotten on Wednesday Comics. I yes, find, that's actually on the agenda, so I find, don't complain. I'm I find there. the Wonder Woman totally unreadable. You ain't the only one, brother. God. I try. I I have gone back in and made myself go, I f- I'm going to I'm going to I'm force myself to parse this thing if it like, kills me. Why do I find this unreadable? And then I get like three panels in and go, it's unreadable. I, <laughs> Who's writing that? Uh, some guy. Okay. I, <laughs> the, thing, the thing about it was I, after reading the first, first two, got, you know, dragging myself through that story, I got the feeling they're trying to do kind of a little Nemo story in, uh, in it where she's like waking up at the end or whatever. I wanted to believe but that. But it's I, failing. No, it's not. It, it's like rebooting. Well, and the whole okay, point of mental Wednesday note, Comics don't read Wonder Woman. Was every, uh, you know, he's going to you know, flash forward five weeks and he's come back and goes, Wonder Woman was great. Uh, <laughs> Stop that. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, they're all supposed to be out of continuity. Yeah. You're, so you're not bogged down by anything. But, but the thing about it is some of them have just really redone the character in a way that you go, well, now if you did that as a regular book, yeah. like the Commandi, oh, yeah. making Commandi Prince Valiant, exactly. or doing it in the style of Prince Valiant, and Ryan Sook doing the art, Dave Gibbons writing it, that's one heck that's of a, a great strip. Sweet, mm. sweet, sweet. Adam Strange, if Paul Pope could do a, could do a, a, an ongoing or even just an Adam Strange miniseries straightforward, recasting Adam Strange as as John Carter of Mars, basically. Now I have a question about that. Yeah. Um, I'm behind on these, and so I've gotten just gotten to the point where Adam Strange is on Earth, but he's an old man. Yeah, that's what not, a great con- no. It's not part of the regular. Okay, but, okay. but that's revamping it as right. What what a lot of these creators have done is is shown you how if they don't if these series don't rely Five, on yeah. other continuity, you could sell an Adam Strange TV series, for yeah. example, with this concept that there's an old it's man. It's a great concept. It's there's an old man who doesn't want to spend time on Earth because he's a young man and the hero right. of the planet ran. Phil Jose Farmer did that in uh, um, uh, yes, he's in his what's uh, oh, Lava Light World, uh, Kickaha. Yeah, Kickaha. Nerds race for title. Yeah, uh, the World of Tears. World of t- World of Tears. Winner. Yeah, of course. Who's the Zorlak? Ha <laughs> ha! Anyway, um, and the Supergirl strip. Like, if I want that reprinted as like a kids book, that's a very kid friendly book. Yeah, and that, and that, and that is the, <laughs> if you ignore the utter rampant mayhem those cat the, the cat, cat and dog, dog are doing, the lives destroyed having. by. But it's but it, it but it, I thought that's a great strip for kids. It's featuring the super animals. There's an <laughs> I, I I shouldn't spoil anything from last week, so I won't. But you know, but if you laid that out, and then there's. You know, there's a guest appearance by Aquaman, a guest appearance yeah, by Doctor Midnight. Yeah, Aquaman was great, and it's just like, wow, this is like Aquaman this with is a the kid's cell book. phone cl- clam. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is a, this is a kids book that isn't patronizing to kids that right. adults would enjoy reading. And the only problem there with Wednesday comics is that you turn Supergirl over and it's Sergeant Rock, this yeah. this bloody Nazi hunting thing. <laughs> First four episodes, Rock's tied to a chair, a chair. <laughs> being beaten by Nazis. Nazis. They do, 
And then you, know, you get to Hawkman, which is great, but Hawkman on Dinosaur Island, it's like, oh, Hawkman's cool again. <laughs> yeah. And that, but that Hawkman without his wings, without his wings, you know. And, and Kyle Baker proving he's one of the best artists in the business. Yeah, it's good that we touched on this because we were we were very. <laughs> he's, he's man with hawk mask. Get away. We yeah, were very uh, excited uh, about this before it came out, yeah. but I think we had not talked about it really. Since and Metal it Man, came out. A, a series that takes place in thirty second increments. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah. They foil a bank robbery that accidentally unleashes chemo, and that's okay. Right. <laughs> but it's like, wow, did something happen? But it's fun because of the metal men. And then you get in, in Doom Patrol, in the backup of Doom Patrol, the metal men are like the most arrogant Fs. And, okay, you know, enough geeking out. Next topic. Oh, well, that's why we have you here to make a podcast you'll listen to. You still won't listen. Why Move you? along. He listened to last week's. He listened to last week because you made him. Uh, so True. We, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Kevin Smith's Batman Cacophony. I just saw the nose. No, but it. isn't that the gra- isn't that the trade paperback of the series? Wasn't Cacophony the one he did last year? We already hated. Yes, we're getting. We're so getting why confirmation. I, why are you making me repeat? That? I don't know. I just <laughs> wrote it down. I saw and he's it. got a sequel coming. I didn't buy it on the stand. This just in. Move along. <laughs> I will kick you out. <laughs> um, so uh, and. All right, so Rick has recently read a series of comics. So go ahead, Star of the Slayer. What the heck was Star of the Slayer? It was from Marvel. Okay, so so there's a Max Max line Star uh, Star of the Slayer, and it's a Corbin artwork, and I just love Rich Corbin artwork. I always have. Mm-hmm. Uh, back to the you know slow death comics and such. Um, however, Rick was very underground. I'm not. Yeah, I was. Uh, ooh, that sounds weird. Um, didn't get much sun. The no, you didn't. It's a typical Corbin. From slow death story, uh, where this uh, this guy's writing a story, and then you get to see the story, uh, and then the, the story, of course, comes back and involves the writer. You know, kind of kind of a interdimensional thing with a sort of a city of angels thing. That's for that's for you, Michael. Uh, Probably a musical reference. Yeah, um, but this what, is this yeah, is a typical Corbin uh, sword and sorcery artwork kind of style stuff. And I, you know, maybe I'll give it another try. I was I was. A little let down by the storyline. I guess it's Way is the Daniel Way, who I think is the guy who was writing Ghost Rider. Yeah, so I thought the the storyline was kind of like, God, I've read this before. Um, Corbin Hmm. Corbin Art, the guy is just a machine. It hasn't changed in years. Uh, It's still still really good, real earthy, kind of fleshy, and in a it's a comic book fleshy world of people. So. Fleshy. Fleshy. <laughs> Rick yeah. says that with a weird look in his face. I know. That yeah. is in itself fleshy. Yeah. It, it's a weird look that says he hasn't eaten dinner yet and hungry. Look at how sinewy you are. Uh, Strange Tales, the this, Marvel book. That's, did you know about this? Um, I've seen some things about it. It's a bunch of shorts taking Marvel characters, and they're done by indie, indie um, writers oh, yeah. and artists. So that's where the Incorrigible Hulk is so. getting reprinted. Do you want to sit down at the mic? You keep on. Uh, it looks like you've got stuff to add. We have an observer who may want. We've to got an extra one. I don't. You can come on. I don't like this observing thing. You either participate. He's sitting over he's, your he's shoulder. He's got. He, I know he's got footnotes for everything I've been saying. We've so been far. ignoring him, but welcome your, to the podcast. He's the kind of kid, the kid that stands outside the sandbox and goes, <laughs> "Okay, that's going to use introduce yourself." Uh, my name's Chris. I work at the store. Welcome, Chris. We have a store employee here. Pull the mic closer to yourself, Chris. I am pulling the mic. Not that close. There you go. That's cool. So, welcome to the conversation. Are are you still on the clock, Chris? How did How did Strange Tales sell? Okay. How did Strange Tales sell? 
Uh, Strange Tales, I believe we did sell out of. Yeah. I got a copy of it, and it was really interesting. Uh, it is all indie uh, writers and artists, as you said before. There's some stuff from the Perry Bible Fellowship, which some people might be familiar with, and their web comics. And they're very humorous. Uh, yeah, they're they're they're, yeah. they're odd takes on the characters. Yeah, the first one in there is Lockjaw, the dog from the Inhumans, trying to open a can of dog premium food. Earth dog food. Right, and he finally does it by clanging it on uh, Black Bolt's brother's head. Yeah, Maximus the Mad's yeah. crown, the spiky crown he always ah, wears. Mm-hmm. But the, the other thing about that is he keeps on bringing the dog food to the Inhumans, who are always then launching off to deal with some other problem. So yeah, it's and they were all about that face too. It's all it's well, they're more indie. Mon- they're, they, yeah, it's the indie attacking attack on the mundane or the the standard life thing, but putting the superheroes into that that vein. And I I'd actually heard them talk about this. Uh, the the creators I can't remember who the editor was for this, um, and it sounded like it was going to be more interesting than it actually was to me. I don't okay, know, how so did you, you feel about it? Um. They're they're a little bit sporadic and they're they have a short attention span to me, but I think it works. I really like the Doctor Strange one. Uh-huh. Um, basically, Did- Doc Strange uses his powers just by thinking something really really loudly in his head re- over and over. And we've all done that. Yeah, we've all yeah. done that. Yeah, it doesn't always work, but usually uh, porn. You bought it. You did you buy it? Yeah, yeah, I did. Personally, okay. I loved it. And will you buy the next one? Will there be another one? Uh, it, there's three. There's going to be three. There's going to be three. And yeah, and I'm gonna, you're going to buy, buy it. Too. Yeah, maybe. No, I know you. Okay, you're going to buy it. You go home and set I have fire to money sickness. you have so much. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and then the, speaking of setting fire to it, The Torch. Yeah, um, issue one of eight, I think. I think so. Rebooting it's Jim a, Hammond. And it's a, a Dynamite Marvel production. And I don't know why because it's all – it's all Marvel characters in it. Is Alex Ross Except involved? Except there's a weird version of the Vision for some reason. And is it the World War II Vision? It might yeah. be. Is it? That's this was not the weird. Okay. It's the first Vision. It's the first Vision, but in modern time. Hmm. So it's Toro, who's older now, and there the, Jim Hammond, who died. Couple of years back in storyline and uh, in the invaders, like, I think he died at the end of the invaders. Yeah, book. so he's uh, they're they're at his. Uh, did you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I didn't read it because it confused me because there was the Human Torch, <laughs> which was a robot, and then there was Tor, which was a human. Android. Yeah. So if it's the Torch, why isn't it the Torch? Didn't Toro get his powers because he got a transfusion from the no Jim? No, 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 no. Actually, I sadly do know this. Uh, and, okay. and great. Uh, the original thing you. was that of actually. Of course you do. He was the asbestos, but he was, a, he was in a carnival, and the human torch uh, flew overhead, and he spontaneously burst into flames in response to the heat from the human torch, and he survived it. So he just naturally had those powers. And then, yes, they did uh, have. You're thinking of the story that was reprinted in The Great Comic Book Heroes by Jules Pfeiffer. Yeah. Had he got it? He got a a, a, a transfusion of living flame, okay. and and but it meant that yes, he would live, but his flame would never burn as brightly. <sighs> Metaphor because he's a half naked boy running around with the name Toro. <laughs> Toro, <laughs> really? I'm thinking the flame's burning pretty bright. Okay, <laughs> so. so I had heard nothing about this. I bought it just on. It looked. It had a nice cover, and I flipped through it. Looked, artwork looked okay, and I've always liked that original Human Torch. 
Uh, the idea that you have a, a team of two flaming individuals. There's a lot of a lot of depth to that team. <laughs> what do you, what should we do? Well, let's melt it. Okay, let's. Yes, uh, yes, yeah. And so. they fought really lame villains like the parrot. Um, so that's, I remain yeah. indifferent. I know there you, you do. Well, let's see if you can move away with this. How about the shield? Another World War II hero brought to modern day. Now, did you read last last week's issue? I did not read the the ongoing first issue of the ongoing series. I'm a little confused yet. by this because it does kind of pick up after the previous one. Um, we now know that his whole suit is nanites that are in. No, that was mentioned. Integrated. In the J, that was it mentioned in the J. Michael. We didn't get Straczynski. the visual that we get in this in this of the suit actually going away and him not being and not appearing to be in it anymore. Oh, really? I totally got that out of no, the. I, out of I, the, I didn't get that in the first one. It reflexively hardens when someone uh, shoots at him. But uh, and did you get? Don't the, you? I know. Look at that. I'm did you get kill. the idea he can fly over short distances? Okay. Some of your comments feel like bait, because <laughs> some of them are. <laughs> because he he, there's a big thing about him jumping out of a plane, which we saw that artwork, right? And then he lands. He just basically lands. Yes, like like make a makes a three point landing because he hardens. Um, but if he can fly, couldn't he just like come close to the ground and then fly? I don't know if that's how gravity works, Rick. I don't know. Yeah, gravity works for flying people. Okay, let's move right yeah, exactly. on. Exactly. I'm just saying. I don't know if, if you're flying. You know. But they. I, I actually what I what I did like about it was it was a uh, a story of an American superhero going into this uh, this uh, Middle Eastern area, like, impoverished and Iraq. Yeah, one of those uh, Kurdistan. Exactly, Kurgan. Um, <laughs> so. Sorry, that's the Highlander, isn't it? Yeah, uh, yes. Kurgan. It's better to. Be I've better. hardened. Let's move on. <laughs> yes. Okay. Some of your comments feel like bait. Uh, Doom Patrol number two. Or chum. You sent me a comment on Doom Patrol number two, and I have to agree with it. I don't think, sadly, that the lead feature in Doom Patrol is very fun. I, I'm just not in. Except for the. I of course, the name is Doom Patrol. I so. do. I do enjoy. That book is cursed, my friend. The current take on Negative Man. And that's the only, and that's just because he is so, you know, snippy and smarmy in this. Yeah. Um, well, he has a personality for. The but first nobody time. else has a nobody else has a personality. There's no personality for Elastic Lad. Uh, Robot Man is just kind of like got to yeah. stick up his ass and. Um, Once again, weighing in with the noob comic view, I've seen that comic come and go in a few iterations now, and it seems that uh, the last one f- kind of focused on Robot Man. That was the lead character in that mm-hmm. one who was yeah. really compelling. And the the Grant Morrison run you're talking about? No, he's talking about the last time they revived it. John Byrne? Yeah, sure. Oh, okay. Yeah. Whatever you bought. And uh, so <laughs> Negative Man is the uh, focus of this one? Maybe well, that's no, just no, a book that... No, it doesn't have structure. a focus yet. Oh. It, that's part of the problem. And they're trying to make the chief out to be this master planner that I never got before. Well, but that's been happening in a couple of the revivals. Okay. Um, and Because and, and, that was the, the tail end of Grant Morrison's run, was the revelation that the chief was evil all along and had created mm. all of them. And then they killed him, and then they brought him back into regular continuity. And there was the whole reboot right before Crisis on Infinite Earths that... Uh, or, or Infinite Crisis. What the hell was that one? Um, I'm losing track of my crises. Bored now. I need, I need caffeine. Anyway, um, where they were encountering other versions of themselves from the different continuities. Right. 
And uh, and so that's the thing. This, this book began with um, kind of the status quo left over from the last time they revived it with new characters that John Byrne had introduced. And then they immediately killed them. And I know it is the Doom Patrol, but it's like, okay, so you right. didn't know what to do with them, so you just immediately started this book off in a no manner. And that's fun what they manner. said, too. They said, well, it is the Doom Patrol after all. It's like, except for those three yeah, yeah. <laughs> who apparently he, never who keep coming back from the yeah. dead. Um, in the backup, though, at least we still have Metal Men, which is fun. Yeah. Uh, by making gold into a complete a-hole. And I don't, and I don't think this is totally unsalvageable, but I'm just... No, I'm, it is only issue two. After after looking forward to this one so much, I'm yeah. kind of disappointed in the general writing, or at least the, the editorial stance on when it. When will you learn? Somebody Dead's going to come back again for the Blackest Night tie-in. I was summoned through previews, and they're going to bring somebody back as a Black Lantern. In Doom Patrol? Yeah, for Doom is Patrol. There, is there a Doom Patrol dot Blackest Night episode yep. issue? Okay. It comes with one of the rings, so there's going to be get it. There's okay. going to be one. comes with a ring? Is, yes. Yes. No. No. You don't. Why you kill me? I already have a black, black mm-hmm. ring. Huh? No, but it's one of the other colored rings. Derek was dead the whole podcast? Yes. Dun, dun, dun. I'm waiting to get some sort of emotional response out of you so I can eat your heart. But you don't really have any yeah. emotional response. What heart? He was all right. Yeah, what heart? He owed me like four lunches. lunches. What? No. <laughs> those were those lunches were free. Move along. They were paid for last Sunday, and uh, so uh, I, let's skip over. You, you read Kickass Seven with the commentary. Have we ever seen car battery to testicles in comics before? Have we? Trivia, everybody! You, it's did trivia you read that time! Issue? No, I don't read Kick-Ass. Punisher okay, Max. So, so Kick-Ass... Punisher Max must have done it at least once. I've never seen it before. And, and to have it done to a... Uh, this book... This book Hot just moms. keeps... <laughs> this book keeps pushing the... Uh, <laughs> this book keeps pushing the limits on what... what I know! That's see. why I'm not reading this book! Well, I'm reading... You're not reading it? No, I'm not. It's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't want to give it's, – it's still last week's book, so I'm not going to give away too much okay. about it. But it's uh, – it, it really – there were a lot of change-ups in this one, especially given what we know about who's been cast in the movie. And Boy, I can't wait for that movie. Yeah. So you'll you'll watch it. Sounds like it's going to be Saw 4. <laughs> Something like that. Um, and uh, Nomad, Girl Without a World. Now, that's a character that I was looking forward to. Bucky because from Heroes Reborn. From B- Heroes Reborn, we had the uh, – the, it was a good character, too, and came over when Don't the, say that. Any character that Rob Liefeld co- created, I just don't uh, want to say. Okay, fine. You can yeah. – You, right. don't, Pox I, you don't have to say it. I said it. Um, that's a ripoff of Carrie Bradshaw from Dark Knight Returns. So – Carrie Bradshaw's in Sex, Sex in the City. Right. Carrie. Carrie. Just Carrie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> was, I thought that was it was going, the NFL football game. That was, that the was boy, interesting. Sarah Jessica was like, Parker played Robin. That'd a, be interesting. Quite, I saw him in the pink tutu. And, yeah. um, Steelers? No, that one I know. So, uh, but so this, again, Terry Bradshaw. I thought I the, the original visuals on the character were, were cool. <laughs> the idea that it's... Ah! I'm going to keep powering through this thing. <laughs> you do, you do. The, the, Who the, needs lawn when I've got Goodson interrupt? The, <laughs> All right, the guy, the 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 idea that okay, you you want to know the new Captain America, even though it's not the Captain America, it's not the original Captain America that you were with in Heroes Were Born. It's not Steve Rogers who who came back afterwards, and it's not it's it's Bucky who is really who you were supposed to be. Um, so, and then at the end of the episode, it looks like she's going to become Nomad. Because, by the way, the title of the book is, is Nomad. Nomad. So I'm going to guess that's probably right. Yeah, I know. 
Because she literally has no home. That's true. She has no world. Literally. Yeah, she's the power girl of this uh, Oh, hey, that's a good idea. Creepy number one from Dark Horse? Yeah, okay, so Creepy. Did you read Creepy and Eerie when you were a kid? My mom wouldn't let me. Oh, okay. I snuck them in. Your mom. I, I would ride my stingray I have to, bicycle I have down to say to this. Now, you guys know me pretty well. Yeah. I'm 44 years old. Yeah. Three weeks ago. Physically. Because my, my mom. Well, shut up. Because my mom has HBO. That's how I watch True Blood. So I right. go over there. I'm watching True Blood. And she sits down and she's. And I said, Mom, you're not going to like this. Please do not come into this room. And she watches it and she goes, You like that? You have a dark side. I'm like. Who who knows me doesn't <laughs> know that. It. I got it from you. <laughs> I got it from you. <laughs> but I just thought, wow, really? Yeah. Uh, I mean, who doesn't know that? <laughs> so, Your all, mom. <laughs> all those horror comics that you kept saying, why are you buying that crap? What? what? Your mom doesn't know you. Okay. No. So thanks. So, if you want to write in with therapy, please, editor at familyplanet.com. Go ahead. Yes. Anyway, Creepy and Eerie were, were Warren comics. Mm-hmm. and they were I did read a few. Little yeah. short stories uh, and just twisty enough that you know, your, your teenage mentality, you could mm-hmm. say, oh, that was kind of cool. You know, people, Bad people died. Good people typically lived uh, maybe on as zombies or whatever. And occasionally they had running stories. They had characters that reappeared, not just in Vampirella, which was – a main storyline with some other stories, but mm-hmm. um, they had uh, a number of recurring storylines that, that uh, in fact, one of the stories in this is a story that was in the original um, original Creepy. I rec- recognized it. So I think it's a reprint. It's at the very least the same character done in a new story. I can't tell if it's the uh, – I think it's Alex Toth doing the art. Well, then it's definitely an old story because yeah, Alex Toth's been dead, dead for three yeah, years. Right, right. So – um, just an FYI. It may have been. It may have been Two originally years. by Good uh, by Toth. Yeah. Anyway, um, it was a little pricey at four bucks, but it's a number of pages in black and white. And if you were a fan, this is a this is a fun little book to pick up. I don't know if it's going to be worth picking up every issue. Well, if you like horror anthologies, and yeah. some people do, I don't know. If Tales from the readers. Crypt. You like Tales from the Crypt. You like the yeah, DC which comics. is now yeah. you know creepy. And then there's the revival coming. Well, not a revival, but a, a new book trying to do that in 2010. The Bella Lugosi's Tales from the Grave, right? Which uh, Carrie Gamble, who had been the longtime artist on Superman and uh, Marvel Team Up, is editing that with uh, John Cassidy and uh, Sam uh, and Sam Park. So, um, hoping there's kind of a good timing for revival. That people seem to like horror and films. Do they like it in comics? We'll see. Yep. All right. How about Models Incorporated? You bought that. Written by <clears throat> Project Runway uh, host Tim Gunn. Porn? It had Iron no, Man. No, it's on a the Marvel cover. book. It had who on the cover? Who? It had Iron Man on the cover with it, the guy from Project Runway. It Tim Gunn wrote a story. Armor. Yeah, and, and in it, he ends up in the Iron Man armor. <clears throat> Tim Gunn's in the. Yeah, yeah. And Tim Gunn's a secret geek. The funny you thing watch is. Mo- you watch uh, Run- Project Runway, don't you, Michael? Is that your favorite show? No. Okay. Really? Yeah. Never. No, that's Final Cut. You strike me as a Project Runway kind of guy. Nope. Nope. Okay. Oh, okay. So America's, America's Next Top Model? No. The uh, funny nope. thing about this book is mm-hmm. it starts off with a modeling session, I guess, in Central Park in New York. And the characters you have there are all of the, um, the model characters from the Marvel Universe. Mary Jane. Uh, no, Mary Jane's not in it. Millie the Model. There's more? You had Patsy Walker. Hellcat. Yeah, who, who doesn't come on as Hellcat but does show off some of her Hellcat moves. During the story, nice. Um, 
So and and they're all in fashion, you know. It's, right. it's typical comic book fashion. It's like no, that's but the not character they've most established as a supermodel, right? Mary Jane. They don't include. They in don't it. include. <laughs> she's not in it. Um, Peculiar. I hate you, Mephisto. Yeah. So anyway, um, Ooh, I'm just wondering. I I I don't. I picked this I up just because just because it seemed too weird to be believed, and. I don't. Is, is it an on, ongoing series? I have no idea. I'm assuming it is. It's because, a miniseries, at least. Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing is, it does, it's not numbered on the cover. Like normally, for miniseries, you'll say one of three or one right. of four. Right. number with the one. Marvels, but it just said one, so yeah. it could, could just be, be a short shot. run. Probably but more than six. I'm just going. Who is the target mod besides me? Who no will one knows. Pick crazy stuff up. Marvel put out Pride and Prejudice with teen fashion cover, mo- <laughs> you know, fashion model covers. So you know. Are you suggesting that people put out books without a target demographic, hoping it just catches on in a whim? They're just saying a Marvel is operating, and they freely admit this, operating under the assumption that as long as there are more Marvel comics on the stands than not. That's a good thing. Uh, just a crazy. I quit. Crazy you already told me book. that. <laughs> so, um, and, and then you Batman Blackest Night. Now Goodson's not up to speed on sure, Blackest sure. Night. So you want to go to the soundproof roof? All right. Okay. I, I just don't want to really want to discuss it. I, we, we were going to. I yeah. wrote an article on it this I'll week. Step away. So I didn't want to. You know. So I did want you to enjoy it fully at the time. I thought he'd never leave. Okay, go ahead. Um, Oh, yeah, go to the bathroom. Um, or back issues, I don't know. So, what's your take? I've written my, my, my take this week. The interesting thing about this book is it's not Bruce Wayne. So, what you kind of like about it? Yeah, I, I, I do. But the whole thing that I was anticipating when we were talking about Blackest Night and the fact that so much of what makes Batman is the death of his parents. Now, granted, it is the same motivation for um, Dick Grayson. It's the same the motivation now for Tim Tim Drake. For Tim Drake too. And it's the same motivation for Jason Todd. But the core the core character in all this, the one who really, really has had the most anguish and the yes, most is, is Bruce, Bruce, Wayne, Bruce Wayne. But he's unfortunately and he's not in the story he's line. He's unfortunately dead. So when you bring up the the flying Graysons and now they're flying who now can fly can fly because they've got power rings. Um, a little anticlimactic for me. No, um, what I was noticing about it, and the comment I made was realizing that one thing that Jeff Johns has done—he's not the writer of this, Peter Tomasi—and I, I liked the book. I, I thought the uh, assault of second-rate um, Batman villains as Black Lanterns on the Gotham City yeah. Police Headquarters was really cool, except that changed everything for me because I realized they're going after civilians. Right. And for some reason in my head, I was thinking, well, if it's superheroes and they're going after superheroes, like we've seen Martian Manhunter go after Flash and Green Lantern, they're not trying to take down everybody. Right. Except in this issue, I realized, yes, they are. It does look more like a zombie apocalypse. And I was telling Goodson on on Sunday, um, so the thing is that no zombie movie is about what happens after all the zombies are wiped out. But after all the zombies are wiped out, your population is legitimately decimated. Right. And more and more, Blackest Night seems like something you can't recover from. Yeah. In any satisfying, realistic manner. I'm a little worried about the people they've offed already in mm-hmm. this and whether or not they will let those deaths stand. Right. And the other thing is that I realize is that what Jeff Johns, though, is not a cut on Jeff Johns, 
is that he has made others of the DC universe more in line with Batman's motivation. That now, in a retcon, Hal Jordan is trying to overcome the death of his father. Right. Barry Allen became a police scientist because somebody because his father's in jail for the accused murder of his mother. And so suddenly two characters that did not have those things right. in their background do. And I think it's like, you know, I've still got to go back to the idea that sometimes superheroes become superheroes because it's the right thing to do when you Thank get a God superpower. For Blue <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know, or even Booster Gold has a different motivation of yeah. just being an idiot, you know, who thought he wanted adulation. To make money. Or, and, yeah. and that's been a great character arc. Yeah. But I just thought it was kind of interesting that we, we all love what, what Johns has done and realize, well, really, all these other he made them all kind of cookie cutters. And then I got to say, have you been reading Justice League Cry, uh, Cry for Justice? I have been banking those. I have not read any of them. Well, after your original comment about how they all cry they, for justice, they all cry for justice, and and things are just really bizarre. Like well, there was a revelation in the second issue, early on, that uh, Hal Jordan had a three way with yeah. uh, Lady Blackhawk and the Huntress. And okay, maybe I'll we'll read. Yeah, so. it was just a revelation. It was offhand. No flashback. And and then they brought back Prometheus as a badass villain, which I'm okay for. Except that I realized there's an America centric thing: is that only American superheroes seem to be actually any good because they established that Prometheus has basically wiped out the the global guardians. So he has a Tasmanian devil skin rug because he's killed the Tasmanian devil. Uh-huh. I'm like, this is like what everybody complains about is that Earth is has the best place for superheroes. Like, why is Earth the center of the universe? Because, right. you know, nobody else's superheroes are as good as on any other planet. We're Earth or one, they, aren't Or we? they only have one or two, yeah. We actually, Rick, we, no, no, I know, I know, we I know. exist on Earth Prime. Yes, sorry. Which technically has been wiped from existence, so we don't, we're not real. I meant our characters, our favorite characters live on, okay. live on Earth No, Prime. and now they're not Earth One. They're actually on New Earth. Okay. It's hard to keep track, or what I like to call now Earth Johns. Okay. So, um, Goodson can come back. Oh, he's going. All right. He stole a com- Goodson stole a comic book? You can come back. Wow. Oh, yeah. I didn't buy that yet. So um, go ahead. Steal it. Then I don't have to pay for it. Uh, <laughs> run. It's awkward when one of the clerks is actually sitting at the table and he's just like going, oh, all Whatever. right. Hey, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I hope Anna doesn't listen to these. Uh, We're filming. <laughs> we know. <laughs> Please. Uh, <laughs> so let's. Uh, What's let's that address again where fans can come there? <laughs> go ahead. Tell them our, about our poor security. and. We- <laughs> Relax, staff. <laughs> we've got it. We've got a special sale. It's a steal. I don't know. There's oh, cameras, there. cameras there. Do I get fired or do I run after him? Uh, yeah. Sweating or job? <laughs> <laughs> That's what's wrong with America. Okay, um, let's talk a little movie news. Now, you didn't give me much. Nothing much of movie news this I week. I didn't know I was the whole research department today. <laughs> you were. You were this week. Welcome. Because I told you, I had a busy day. I know. Uh, in announces, we I think we talked about last week, Nicolas Cage left the production of Green Hornet. No! Right. Yeah. Yes. Nick Cage However, and his award-winning body of work. You might dig this, though. He is replaced in the production of the Green Hornet by Christoph Waltz. <gasps> the guy from uh, uh, Inglorious Bastards? Yes. <laughs> yeah, yes. I like that guy. So would you not feel that suddenly that movie became 300% better just by uh, casting? I don't know. I mean, there, there's always that rebound film, right? Everybody makes their Oscar-winning movie, and then <laughs> then it's Catwoman. Or, He's not Halle Berry. I mean, I'm just saying. <laughs> 
So that only you know, it's, you know that be a skin tight I, I leather this, suit. I'm going to taste it. That only works for the actresses. Oh, I don't know. Oh, rebound. Well, prove I, me wrong, okay? I, I will see. I'm hoping you I, will. Uh, that piques my interest. I, well, that's what I felt. was like, oh, something the villain is played by someone that I already say is interesting. But that guy was a guy out of nowhere. He had. He was like a, yeah. a television actor. And, no, he was and, a German film actor, so of course you'd never seen anything he was in. He'd done a lot of films in foreign languages. Okay. Well, we Why had, did Rick I, agree with me? Because Rick doesn't know. No, Rick said yeah. What? What? I, I said that he was like a TV actor, right? Isn't that no? I, I was doing a yeah as a transition oh, okay. to what I wanted to say. Okay, <laughs> I was saying sure, whatever, and no. <laughs> yeah, we okay. we okay. talked we talked about last week that uh, you know there aren't really any known Green Lantern villains, Green Hornet right? villains, Green Hornet. Pardon me. Yes, commercials. I believe, I believe Sinestro right. is known. Is Sinestro in the Green Hornet movie? Yes, he is now. Because awesome. you don't know is which Nick Cage playing him. Yes. So, and we we were talking about this earlier, and I w- I was actually Charlie Callis is going to play him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, the uh, the idea the only person who's played him live action. The idea that you don't have a a name character like Superman's got Luther right, or right. he's got any number of characters. Green Hornet so, has none. Green Hornet has none, and so you need an actor who can carry it. And I I was actually not too upset with Cage in that role because I like Nicolas Cage in a lot of his stuff. But I would say, have you liked Nicolas Cage in anything I liked five Tommy years? Lee Jones and I, then he appeared in know, the Batman movie. <laughs> in that route, you know, my favorite Nick Cage villain was obviously the uh, face-off He character. played John and, Travolta, the villainous John Travolta. Yeah, and that was just, I mean, what a great I can watch that movie over and over again for both of them, but uh, Cage especially when he is in, in a character as the, um, as the one of the two brothers. When he is playing that that guy, I want to watch a whole movie about that guy. Mm-hmm. So, I haven't seen Glorious Bastards. The way Goodson's light eyes lit up uh, when you they did agreeing with you, they that did does. light up. That guy needs to win an Oscar. Okay, I, mean, I, I say this. There's always that. But that's this, what I told. That's what I told Rick before the This person needs to win an Oscar, or the Oscars are eligible. There's one every year, and this guy is that year. That's I told Rick before the podcast. Yeah. Absolutely, I said Christoph Waltz is. Like you watching Glorious Bastards and you feel almost like, huh, the good side of Nazism. Well, I listened to some pompous interview with, with uh, on uh, Charlie Rose interviewed Quentin Tarantino where he was talking about, I didn't know that that character was a you know spoke so many languages until I was writing it. You know, I had writing scenes and the character just revealed himself to me that he was this master linguist. Anyway, so, yeah. but then I think about that movie and I think that guy. Took Quentin Tarantino's BS and made it his own and owned that role. Whatever, go ahead. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I, so I, I'm I'm Brilliant. excited about that. I I am excited about that. Um, in the ongoing um, debacle of I, we, we we mentioned about um, whatever's happening in DC Entertainment movies. Right. Uh, Diane Nelson mentioned. Diane, call me. That, that uh, she. That they have no plans for Superman, but there's this wrinkle in the ongoing Superman suit. Not the I learned more about law on this podcast. Yeah, that if if Warner Brothers does not get a Superman movie in production by 2011, it doesn't be released by 2011, but it has to be in production within a year. They lose the movie rights to the Siegel Estate. That's just some legal thing. They'll, you know, they'll put it. They'll say we're green lighting it in 2011, and then production will get canceled. And yeah. Blah blah blah. No, the lawyers can- are all good that way. We'll see how the. Well, Warner Brothers does have good good lawyers, but you know, not as good as say like Fox, who got a sure. payment out of them for Watchmen. 
And the Seagulls apparently have really good lawyers because this fight's been going on way too long. Yeah, a good Superman movie is not difficult to make. A bad movie. Really? Bad that one's easier. No, no, a bad Superman movie is not difficult it, to make. A good one appears to be... <laughs> <laughs> True. Story-wise, it's very easy to adapt something that's already been done, like... You know, a man for our, the four seasons. A man for all seasons. A man for all seasons. That's what it was. Superman for all seasons. You, you yeah. could easily adopt it. You know, a ninety-minute film like that and put that something out, and fans would eat it up. But yeah. you know, there's so many lawyers and things. I mean, well, you'll, you'll Rick and I were saying is, that I would like to see a world's finest. Just give me a Batman Superman team-up film that would that qualify? Yeah, with and a decent script. Yeah, call it a success. I, okay, let's call it a success. Uh, I saw a film that I consider a success this week. It's going to open Friday, which is Jennifer's Body. As much as really, I've thought that uh, Megan Fox is vapid. She's really good in this, playing vapid, but vapid possessed by a demon. What's well, the Keanu Reeves theory? I mean, every once in a while, Keanu makes the perfect movie because he it's plays him. himself, yeah. and this he perfectly fits that this role. Could be. So why not love Jennifer and Jennifer's or Megan Fox and Jennifer's body? I've actually been really. And grossly uh, consumed with this Michael Bay Megan Fox feud. Oh, That's, that I mean, is bizarre. I, I, yeah. I turned down the John and Kate stuff, but when they talk about that, I just kind of go, "Oh, really? What she said now? You know, what's the? Yeah. Oh, he's an idiot, and or he, she doesn't." What, like it, what I find is really weird about that is that you start you start like respect. Uh, not I can't really respect Michael Bay, but you start thinking, "Oh, he sounds like a really reasonable man." Yeah, he does. <laughs> well, I don't I don't know if this is true, but I had read that. For Transformers, there was an unofficial audition where he filmed her washing his car. Yes, yes, I read that. And and then the tape is lost, so he can't give it to her. Quote unquote lost. Sure. Yeah. Now now there's this feud on their message boards. I guess the crew posted something that said that she was a terrible actress on the set. Right, on Michael Michael Bay's website. Somehow. Obviously, Transformers 3 is involved. Yes, and he looks forward to the crazy she's going to say. Did you see the short interview that she did? Uh, She's there with one of her co-stars who apparently was in Hotel for Dogs. It's one of the guys who's in it. It could be. could be. I didn't see Hotel for Dogs. It's, it's, I think it was a funny for die thing. Funny or die thing. Funny or die thing. Uh, But the interviewer focuses on the co-star and asks questions about what it was like being in Hotel for Dogs and totally ignoring her. And then finally says to, to her, well, you're kind of distracting me from talking to him about Hotel for Dogs. So here, could you put this bag over your head and just keep Which it Which is what Jennifer's body plays to. The and strength. she does. Yeah, that's, I think she has a sense of humor about herself. Of I'm course, okay with that. Diablo yeah. Cody, who wrote Juno, is the writer of this. It's full of great uh, – J.K. Simmons, who played jo- J. Jonah Jameson, yeah. uh, plays a high school teacher in, in, in this Good place. And He's very funny. I mean, there's an actor that, again, appears different in every role. And he's uh, – And he's in everything, so enjoy him. Uh, he, he's very enjoyable. <laughs> love him I'm not, he's I, in every movie. <laughs> I'm not bored by him. TV show. He's even the yellow M&M, Marshall. and I love that. Yes. So uh, – and if you saw, and if the first thing you saw him in was Oz, holy crap! <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I saw him Monday night, and I thought it was it was not as bloody as I expected it to be. Okay. I thought the plot was actually really good. The only problem I had with the film was it has a kind of a sense of it's a small town in Wisconsin, and yet whatever the plot seems to need geographically, but they have. Yeah. Um, so. 
they, and they keep talking about how it's a really small town. We need they a have, skyscraper for this next. No, scene. not a skyscraper. But there's a there's a scene where they have like a, an abandoned housing development that's that felt like a California kind oh, of development, okay. really, close really close on each other, really close to townhouses, really. Yeah, and no yards and stuff. And I thought, well, I guess since I've not really been to Wisconsin in about 15 years. Maybe they're building up like dude, that? It, dude, it's changed. Has it? Wisconsin's totally different. When were you there? <laughs> I don't know. Those are the things that starts to he take gets me the out. magazine. It starts at Wisconsin Magazine. You subscribe? Okay. Aficionado. <laughs> Wisconsin. Wisconsinado. Uh, and, um, you know, but otherwise, it was good performances all around. Really. It looks to me like one of those movies, uh, just having seen the trailer, where it's going to be one of, uh, where you're looking at the protagonist who, who looks to be a, uh, her girlfriend. Yes. And you're going. Amanda Seyfried. Where, where it seems in. like it's pretty obvious that you ought to be doing something, but you don't do it. Yes. You're just not getting the clue. Well, because it's a great satire of high school relationships as well, and that kind of friendship dynamic. Okay, that yeah, like she's the nerdy chick, and the, who's the been hot friends with her since. So she thinks that she loses the the friendship over. of this demon it's not, it's who's not killing quite everyone. That, well, come true. you know, I, I caught all that plot from the trailer. Right? Yeah, yeah. catch up. No, it's all there. And then there's the indie band, and 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 that's really well written. Adam Brody, who. I've never really liked before. Is like he's really cool as a tool uh, in this movie as the lead singer of an indie band, and and it's uh, and a lot about kind of just high school life, how they you know people latch onto onto Which bands is, and and, yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah, really yeah. to kill in defense of him. So I thought it was pretty smart. It was well plotted and it was really well directed. It just um, it wasn't as gory as I thought it would be. The, the body count's not nearly as high as I thought it would be, and it does tie into comics because I th- uh, I think it was IDW. Uh, released or or Boom may have released. I'm sorry, whichever one didn't do it. I apologize. Uh, was it Boom that did it? Uh, I they did a hardcover. I think it was movie tie-in in which uh, it came out um, two or three two weeks, weeks ago, and uh, it tells the story from the victims' points of view. Oh, so kind of like actually what a movie tie-in should be because no longer because you know, you know, it doesn't get you into the plot of the movie but just exposing it, 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 it a lot just of the exposing, concepts yeah. And, yeah it's giving you the concepts and, and doing some original thought and getting into other characters heads and I thought you know really you know when we used to do movie tie-ins it's like well we couldn't because you couldn't watch them at home you couldn't get the DVD three months from now but right. now if you're going to do a movie tie-in do something different from the movie because we'll get the movie if we yeah, like it yeah, yeah. so I thought that was pretty cool um, and would I scream like a girl while watching it I've never have I sat let, through let, a horror film with you. Let me ask: Would a normal male scream like a girl? <laughs> did you scream like I a girl? I did not scream at all. I am muy macho. No, no, you're not. Not so much. Um, unless that phrase means something very different to you than it means to me, <laughs> which I suspect it might. Okay. Okay. Move. Moving along. Um, let's go to television because there's not much going on here. Let's go to television and. Um, Speaking of Glee, no, we're not going to talk because Glee doesn't really have that much crossover, even though they appeared at Comic Con. Um, there's, uh, well, it's been released this week that the next direct to video D- DC animated thing is going to be called is going to be Justice League Crisis on Two Earths. Okay, so they're going to take on the crime syndicate, which okay. we're going to talk about. Isn't that great? We're doing the multiple things, but if you've watched Brave and the Bold, Owl Man already appeared. They already did all those alternate well, things. More than just Owl Man, it was the whole. Oh yeah. Including Red Rain, Batman. I still yeah. think that's the coolest thing. They got this but I suspect that you read the same IO9 article that I did, which is talking about. I actually read it on Ain't a Cool News, but whatever. Okay. That uh, sort of each movie takes place in its own separate universe. Oh yes, yes, yes. They all do. Yes, that's true. Um, and that's been very clear because Superman, Batman, Public Enemies, which comes out in a couple of weeks, um, is definitely that's its own little 
art style. Looks a lot like Ed McGinnis animated. I, yeah. Everything I've seen has been pretty oh, impressive. Oh, so they're there. saying each one of these movies, you're not looking for them to tie together? Right. It's not like uh, Justice League Unlimited, which had like a long... Yeah. No, but what I, what, what, I, what, I, what I meant, Michael, is when people were going, oh, they're introducing parallel Earths to these concepts, it's like, yeah, that's actually already... I'm just saying that, sure. that early this, yeah. earlier this year in Brave and the Bold, okay. they did that. They had Owlman. They no, had, I, I'm not really good with that because, I mean, Brave and the Bold's different. That's targeted at younger kids, sure. the Saturday morning kind of flavor yeah. for it. But I'd like to have them try and express a little continuity across their major characters you know, when they do movies with them. You know, it, I think well, it's yeah. sloppy but, and but lazy. No not. one production house is doing them all. You can't. Yeah, actually, Aren't it is. They? It's all still Warner, with the exception of the Batman Gotham Knights. All you have to had, do is you have to have somebody who's managing the properties and mm-hmm. goes in and says, you know, okay, you're going to do it. But as this Bruce is Tim, what you have everything, to do. everything is being overseen by uh, officially or unofficially. Bruce Tim and Alan Burnett are kind of they're sharing those duties. They don't talk about it much. They're not necessarily listed as producers, but nothing goes by there without those, those two guys hmm. approving it. Um, and so, because I guess my thing is, while I, I I see what you're saying, Rick, is I, I think one of the intentions of those DVDs was that if you if someone's been intrigued by, say, Green Lantern or mm-hmm. Wonder Woman, mm-hmm. they'll pick that up, but they're not gonna they're not gonna pick up Superman Doomsday. Then a lot of fans didn't buy Batman Gotham Knight because of the anime. So even though that was directly tied into um, the movie to the movies yeah. to the live action films. I, it doesn't matter that that it is or isn't, but if it is, right, and from when you take them from an individual standpoint, but if mm-hmm. it is, it makes the the sum of the whole that much better. From our standpoint, yeah. But I think there are people that, like I said, they'll they'll re- like the explanation for why in um, First Flight the Green Lantern origin is sort of just like it happens as a gloss over really fast. But it, what I was told by somebody at, at Warner was, well, the New Frontier already showed you what Green Lantern's origin was. Sure. But I'm like, yeah, but that was a that was a very different Green Lantern. Yeah, that was a that was a guy in 1961. Right. Uh, that was know, the whole thing about that Emerald uh, or, or 1957. Uh, yeah, yeah, the uh, uh, New Frontier. Yeah, yeah. So that was the whole point of that. So right. I don't know. I am looking. I, for- I think as long as on some medium the origin has been told within the last ten years, you can probably skip it. Right, yeah. like if you did yeah. a Superman movie right now, or, or I, I don't need to know yeah. about Krypton Please anymore. Please skip the origins. Please, we've seen it. If you if you reboot Grant Batman, Morrison can sum it up in one page, yep. like he did with the All Star Superman. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Move along. Thank you. I have a moment of remembering that. It was like, that and it was not just one page; it was like four panels. Yeah, yeah, beautiful. Yeah. 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 Um, and by the way, people, again, if you haven't picked up All-Star Superman in its hardcover collections, what the hell's wrong with you? Yeah. All right, so let's go to TV again further. Um, oh, we're going to throw down about Sanctuary. This week, oh, of course, yeah, yeah. we talked about the Big Bang Theory second season. came out yesterday on DVD. We talked about that last week. Yep. Also coming out yesterday on DVD was Sanctuary, a series you recommended to me. Yep. And I'm not here to exoriate you for that. I oh, just, okay. I, I just think I got the – Because Lord knows I hate a good exoriation. I know you do. Uh, all right, that's we it. We all Mr. have dead skin cells. <laughs> that's ex- <laughs> You're Brad showing me again. <laughs> You're Lufa. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so yeah, Sanctuary comes. It came out the first season. Thirteen episodes came out on DVD yesterday. Right. I have not finished watching all of them. Okay. But on a scale of Flash Gordon to Battlestar Galactica, on the sci-fi oh. scale, uh, where would you place Sanctuary? Uh. B B minus. 
I'm not sure where that fits in the scale. <laughs> <laughs> That's because uh, Battlestar well, Galactica is no longer considered how, how a can I, Don't what you can I say? <laughs> yeah, okay. what, what do I use as units within that scale? Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, well, there's original trilogy, then yeah. there's new yeah. trilogy. I'm sorry, those, those are not I, even, I, I even increments. I thought that one of the things that makes Sanctuary noteworthy, and I thought is interesting, because I, I don't watch nearly as many sci-fi series as I think you do. Probably not. You know, and, and certainly, I, it's just I, I. And if I do watch them, I'm not aware that they're sci-fi series. You know, it was like I'm not watching them on sci-fi. Um, and so I thought what was noteworthy about it was, of course, that so much of this is green screened. Yeah. To a point that I'm like, did you really need to green screen the library set? But you do because it sort they, of wavers. That kind of lazy. Everything. It kind of wavers in back and forth. I'm like, why is the background not standing still? Um, but it gives it a cool look. I like the idea of it. Sometimes it works better than others. But I love the externals on that when they're up on the roof looking out over the city and they're having a conversation. It's just like so nice. Okay. So here's what I'm saying is, is I found this kind of middle of the road. I uh-huh. liked the Ooh. concepts of it. Uh, well, maybe. Maybe. Uh, for those who don't know, Sanctuary stars Amanda Tapping. Right. And probably that's the only name that anybody could she really was, recognize uh, from on one of the Stargate, Stargate series. Yes. Uh, did you watch Stargate? No. Yeah, you just made a weird face. I know. Okay. I, I think it was about the tapping. I know. I know it was. I, sometimes we just don't need to say it. We're just going to obliquely go around You it. stopped the podcast to address <laughs> yes. the issue. Uh, it's probably the biggest name in it. And yes. she's playing a woman who runs a sanctuary for, they can't even say paranormals or supernatural. They have to call them abnormals. Like every show has to come up with its own vocabulary for the things we know as monsters. And... So I thought, okay, it's kind of a cool idea in creating the sanctuary, the safe haven. I thought the first couple of episodes that formed the pilot, uh, it's a two-parter, was really slow. I didn't really, like it was too in love with its own concept. Yeah, I think they introduced the the main, the, the new character, the, the, the yeah. protege, a little bit. You know, it's kind of like. The average person gets it a lot faster than he did. Or yeah, and, and and he has X Files motivations because his motivation is he's a police psychologist. Yeah, and he worked for the FBI. I'm not even sure what he's city. He's a profiler. This, I'm not even sure what city this is taking place in. I don't yeah, think they I want to identify. Really identify but he worked for the FBI at least at one point as a profiler, and he has. Stop me if you've heard this sort of motivation before. I have. I know where you're going. What? what, what tell me. He's uh, he's trying to look into his own past because. He's got a secret he wants to find out about. When he was eight, a monster killed his mom. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> so, oh, wow. And no one believed him. So yeah. I, I was like, well, that's just like Fox Mulder having his sister uh, abducted. Um, but he's impossibly good looking. So this is to me one way sci-fi thing is like, is like at least at least it's equal weight. Like you know when you see uh, Jessica Alba walk in as Sue Storm and say, "I'm a world-renowned geneticist at 23." <laughs> sure blonde? you are, sweetheart. Uh, you know, unzip your uniform. <laughs> yeah. Um, so at least on sci-fi, the men are just as impossibly ridiculously pretty. And and don't seem to have a thought in their head when they're supposed to be these great. Well, we, get some, we get some kind of uh, ugliest uglier guys later on in the series. Yeah, you, well, you do you get, gotten to <laughs> yes, her, you do get uglier to Jack. Jack Cooper. Yeah, so so she's got this past where she's known everybody, including. Well, she's immortal essentially, or, or ages very slowly ages very because they're slowly. implying she can she can die. But at sometime in the 19th century, this group of five intellectuals at Oxford got a vial of vampire blood and they each injected themselves with it and they each got a different power. So she's right. essentially immortal or slow aging. 
her the man she loved was Jack the turned it was driven insane and became Jack the Ripper. But he can teleport through time and space. Of course, he's, he's ugly. Uh, he's yeah. ugly. Nikola Tesla became an actual vampire. Uh, I, like the, I, I like the Tesla character. And, no, and that's why I like it. It's like I'm really liking some of the mythos and yeah. going like Tesla. When that episode came up, Tesla was really. I'm like, oh, suddenly this show is very interesting exactly. to me. And that was a really good episode. But I also feel that many episodes sort of they lose track of what the premise of each episode is. I There's an episode with the Yeti, where they say, by the by the way, the Yeti is a psychic shape changer. And for some reason, there's a plane crash, and it decides rather than to escape, for no good reason, because they clearly can open the door, it decides to stay and pose as one of them. Mess with them. And mess with their heads and kill them all. Yeah. Yeah. That's good for about an hour. It was. Apparently so did the writers (laughs) think. Then what I thought was was the episode most rife with potential was this one called Edward about this kid who watched his father kill himself, and, and they couldn't decide what his thing was so first he had asperger's syndrome which manifested itself and he could without looking draw Draw. things in what would you look more like a rub-on kind of thing because he would he would he would just move his hand back and forth really fast and this beautifully detailed alex ross like picture sketch would appear someday almost like a line printer i wish i wish one day one of them would do it in light bright Okay, so – but no, let me get this because I'm going to say – so first that's the power except that he, when he draws things, everybody appears as monsters. So he so, – so like this is where the cops bring in their old profiler friend because monsters are involved even though they don't know that he's working in a sanctuary for monsters. Right. Um, but uh, – They're just Facebook friends. They're monsters and then it turns out, no, that's not really his thing. His thing is his eyes actually generate force beams uh, and then they decide – no, that's not really the thing either. Um, and, we, and they kind of they keep dropping, they keep changing what the episode's about, right. like throwing all these different things. And ultimately, it's like so. Really, by the time the episode ends, it's like so we're really kind of back to the beginning. And <laughs> what the hell? I was bored by your summary. I didn't yeah. care. I didn't care for that one. And then one episode has nubbins. Characters. Wait, hang on. Let yeah. Let them have you gotten to the two part episode with no, the, the ending? Okay. That, no, I haven't gotten to this. That one, I finale. think that one is a big payoff on a lot of what goes. I will on in the finish series. this up because what I feel is an obligation. And the daughter, the daughter of the Invisible Man, is uh, kind of cool too. Oh, I haven't seen her yet. So, yeah. so. I'm just saying it's it's interesting enough, but I think it's it. And I guess now, like if I were eight, and this was 1973 with this series, <laughs> I'd have gone, "This is awesome!" Because nobody else was showing stuff like yeah. this. And I guess that's the thing is like sci- it, it, now that's sci- a really low bar to meet. <laughs> sci-fi series to me are sort of like, well, when we were hungry for science fiction, and there wasn't a lot on, we were watching all of it. But when there's a whole network, and then there's all these other networks that are trying with it, you don't know. Some kids are really into that mythos now. They're like eating up every episode and remembering all the characters. Oh, I think there I've, are. I, I, I got a job, people. I got well, to that's work. it. I've I got. I, I feel in a more discerning thing, time that you know it. it uh, yeah, I got Big Bang Theory people. I gotta yeah. watch that. No, that doesn't. That doesn't. Just make fun of the stuff I already know okay. about. That's yeah. fine. That's good. Don't <laughs> add anything new to the mix. Here's, here's my small rebuttal to that. And that go is, ahead. I this, knew you were gonna. This, you told me you loved this show. I, I or that I, I would dig it. I like this show a lot, and I think it has a lot of potential. I will. I like it on a number it. of levels. I will finish watching. I like it, it because it proves that uh, I, I have a friend who's 
brother-in-law is involved in the show. I knew that was good. <laughs> and no, 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 no. Nepotism be podcast. Not that I'm invested, about, but I was hearing. Troy about Benson, it. sit down with this. I had heard, anyway. heard about it a lot. I had heard. I don't know. <laughs> sanctuary. Go ahead. <laughs> go, Rick. Go. You're channeling lawn. Now. I am. I'm sorry. He's filling uh, a void. Ah! I only say that because I'd heard about it a long time before this, and I knew that what they're doing is they are giving us the kind of visuals that it co- used to cost a lot more to do and doing it very well. So you, you, can, you can now produce I like these the types of shows, and I think that the production values of this are awesome. The story, I think you're dead on in an assessment of a number of their scripts. I think they rushed this thing. It was originally, I think, a it was web series. A web series, and they rushed it a bit to get it get enough episodes out for a first season. I'm hoping that when the second season comes out, they will have taken enough time to really do more scripts like the ones that I did like in that that uh, first Mr. Goodson, season. it is my turn to weigh in. I don't watch a lot of sci-fi series, so let me ask you this. Okay. Numerous series you've now described to me as, go ahead and give it like 12 episodes. And my attention span is not 12 episodes long, Rick. Uh-huh. Does, you say that there's a payoff in this series. Yes. Does sci-fi have a history of like a rocky first season and then yes. continual payoffs in the second, third, fourth? I, I would fourth. say that um, the, the original season of uh, Stargate was really rough. Okay. And that show got... A lot have you ever watched that, through. Michael? I, I no, I did watch Babylon Five, and that's how I felt about the Babylon Five. But that was syndicated. Yeah, Babylon Five sci-fi. wasn't sci-fi so much. Yeah, yeah it was. Uh, UPN, but but I, I, I mean, I know that UPN. I'm willing um, to suffer through a rocky yeah. first season if there's a reward. And there haven't been too many sci-fi shows that have gone multiple seasons to to be able to equate that to. So this one, I think, is is going to go. The other one, the one that I would compare this with would be, now, are you watching Warehouse 13? Yes. I have not yet watched Warehouse 13. Okay, so... I'm hearing where, great things about that. Warehouse 13 is another one of these that I, I know that they're they're keeping the production costs down. I think they're, they're, they're about on par on the first season uh, story-wise. There have been some hits and misses on that. I think they're, the characterization is not as strong. They've kind of got... But I would also that say one. that, that the, uh, a difference here, Warehouse 13 is also full of actors that are recognizable from regular mainstream network television. Not always a bonus. Not always a bonus. No, not always a bonus. But what I see in like here, watching Sanctuary was like, oh, this is almost like the sci-fi players. Because I see character actors that are obviously, oh, they're in Canada. You know, they're shooting uh-huh. this thing in Vancouver, and it's like, oh, that person was probably on Stargate. Like, they have their own little world of celebrities that that feels like, and I, and I read this, so like the guy that plays Jack the Ripper yeah. was on Stargate Atlantis. Yes. And, you know, so I'm like, okay. Because uh, they film all those shows in the same yes. location. And they did the same thing on and Stargate when, when Farscape went under. Yeah, yeah. Then and I'm going to give Stargate. credit to this show for being low budget and not constantly reminding me it's low budget, like there's an episode where early on there's a crime crime lord. I didn't even talk about the Folding Man episode, but this crime lord who's got bat wings and he flies off. And I thought, you know, for one scene, they did that better than that entire freaking Hawkman episode on yeah. Flash Gordon yeah. where they just had guys in leather jackets running ah! around screeching going, ah, ah. So I've seen... How low budget can be done badly on sci-fi, yes. and they'll still put it on. And I appreciate that Sanctuary 
makes a makes an effort. The thing I like, I, and I, I believe that that guy was flying. You I'll, know? Clo- I'll close on one point that I wanted to make earlier, which was, I think this has the the potential of doing the same kind of storylines as we because of what they're setting up as we would have expected the um, League, of, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen movie to have done. I would agree. That's And that's one reason I was kind of hooked on the mythos. Once you introduce yeah. Nicholas Tesla and, um, and the guy who's apparently Sherlock Holmes. The and, other thing, I'm or Dr. Watson, yeah, they, right. they, they, it's, it's worse than Star Trek. You don't have to identify anybody by the red shirt in this show. If you are a character who has been associated with Sanctuary and we've never seen you before, I give you two minutes tops on this uh, series and you're dead. Some don't even make it that far. It's like It begins with, oh, I'm very excited that John is coming and John is going to deliver this animal. What? John was killed off screen? <laughs> you know, we can only see a piece of his bloody corpse. I don't think I'll give credit for. For a show that's about xenobiology or cryptobiology, it's like watching freaking ER. I'm like, I can't look at you dissecting that thing. That is, ew. So, some things it does very well. I and I think it's a show to watch. And I'm I, not going to write a write a review until I finish watching it because okay. I, I do see there's enough potential. Make a second season, then tell me the essential first. Season. But what I'm okay. going to do, what I'm going to do is I'm going to I'm going to say, Michael, here's here's disc two. With the Tesla episode, that's all you need to watch this this season, <laughs> and, and because it's fun, partially because he's the actor having the most fun. Oh yeah, he's definitely cool. What you didn't mention on the podcast, which I caught uh, earlier today, was that the guy from uh, oh man, all the names, uh, the new Dollhouse cast member. Oh, I don't know. What is it? Tell me. It's what was the show you loved last season that got canceled with the older guy and he was the devil. Ray Wise? Ray Reaper. Wise is joining oh, Dollhouse. Wow. From Reaper. Reaper got canceled? Aww. Reaper did get canceled. <laughs> yeah, sorry. The, the <laughs> but Ray Wise All is the joining news. the cast of Dollhouse. Sad panda. Derek is speechless. Breaking news to the podcast. That is awesome. <laughs> I'll cool. find confirmation. And what I'll do in, in there, I'll give you the last two episodes of Dollhouse because you didn't watch them, did you? No, I did. I've caught up. I'm fully okay. caught up on Dollhouse. So would you read what did you think about ep- that? The last two episodes of Dollhouse totally rocked. Oh, yeah. No, I actually like most of the episodes of Dollhouse. I mean, they, they were rough, but uh, if you watch, like, Firefly in its original order, yeah. they, they were rough then. Okay. Yeah. When you caught up on the DVDs, they were fine. I watched, I powered through. So the Brett Schneider theory does hold weight. That uh, you can have a rocky first season and, and, yeah. and or even just first six episodes. Kick some bootay. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, I'm, the the whole jump forward, I'm, I'm eager to see where that goes. Epitaph one? Will there be a two? It's I'm I'm caught. I haven't seen Epitaph one. No, I haven't either because I haven't had my Blu-ray player. You, you don't really. You're supposed ha- to loan it to me while you, I had it. <laughs> girls, oh, I forgot. You don't really have oh, to. It it stands by itself. I know. So, I know. But do catch up before you watch anything else. Okay. What's next? But anyway, are we done? I'll, I'll I'm just done on Ray Wise. Yeah. I was going to say, so Caprica apparently on Sci-Fi, uh, Caprica has suspended uh, production. Yeah, it's not too surprising, but I really wasn't interested in that show. It seemed to me even having watched all of Battlestar Galactica, I thought eh, it seemed to me like it was going to be a hard show to write, just in general, because of all the things that were going on and how they were. Keep interesting. Yeah. Did you you watch the first movie? If there's not random space battles, I don't want to really care. Okay. Okay. You don't like the human drama. You get enough of that at home. Yeah. Yeah. True. Uh, And then you don't watch that either. Um, So, uh, so yeah, it's and it's not the only show that 
people have been sort of looking forward to that's gotten suspended. The ABC remake of V suspended production. Now that's a surprise because that one doesn't. That one seems like it's a pretty easy thing to. You'd think, but let me tell you, all the reports were that was on track, right? It was on track, and then they suspended production and I, while they're rewriting scripts. Now I got to say that ABC did something really sleazy. With have you v. seen the Have you seen the cast for V? Yeah, the, it's good that, stuff. Yeah, it looks it's like good a stuff. Good cast. But they did something very sleazy with V. Is they went to the Writers Guild and showed them the pilot, and tried to argue that it was not an actual remake of the NBC miniseries and series, uh, <laughs> because. If they if they are re, if it's really a redoing, it was a reimagining of the concept, right? And everything I've seen of it is like, no, no, no. That, that's that's pretty that's much pretty me. much it, yeah. Um, because they didn't want to pay Kenneth whatever is the, oh, original, the original creator. Uh, if the if 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 it's derivative, if the Writers it. Guild could say no, they had to write something original. original. Yeah, I'm air quoting. Then you wouldn't have to pay it. pay the original producer, creator of the show. And that's just sleazy when it's so obvious that, that's no, the whole reason bastards. anybody wants to see it is because it's... Because the original the, show was cool. It was cool at first. Yeah. Ray Wise, whom you may remember as the smooth-talking devil on Reaper, has been cast I do. as Howard, the previously mentioned higher up on Dollhouse. That's from ionine.com. Ray Wise also, you know, he was in Twin Peaks, awesome, and a yeah. uh, little other thing. Ray Wise has a superhero connection. Who can Zorlack me on this? Nobody. What superhero did he play? He did play a superhero. Is this where Rick enters the uh, Rick Jeopardy? Is, Rick is immediate. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> so do that. Yeah. Do that. Got, I got no. nothing. He played <coughs> Dr. Alec Holland. Swamp oh, Thing. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Sure. In the uh, Wes okay. Craven film. Okay. So... Which, well, by the way, was announced last week. Was I supposed to go, oh! No, you weren't. Oh, you weren't. Yeah. Adrian Barbeau was in that, so you may have recalled oh, yeah, looking yeah, at her yeah, breasts. Yeah, yeah, yes. Sure, yeah. I was, uh, I believe, announced last week. She was week, wet a lot of the time, And we didn't too. talk about it that um, Joel, producer Joel Silver is intending to do a 3D uh, version of Alan Moore's Swamp Thing material. The Alan Moore Swamp Thing? Yes. Wow. Uh, okay. So. Though he won't actually sign off on it. No, 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 <laughs> no, 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 Oh, please, listen. Now they just say things to see if they can make him have an aneurysm. Ooh, <laughs> 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 uh, So, until then, Mr. Moore, if you're listening, <laughs> write in to editor at fanboyplanet.com. I think that's pretty much all we've got for this week, and yeah. Rick's got to catch plane in the morning. Agreed. So, uh, so I'm Derek Mukaha, editor-in-chief of fanboyplanet.com. I'm Michael Goodson, hey, random we've got a list. commenter. I'm I'm Chris the Shop Boy. Is that your last name? Your your father's name was the Shop Boy. Say your whole name. Uh, I'm I'm Chris Lebedev. Okay, we're going with Shop Boy. Are you sure you okay. want to christen yourself <laughs> Shop Boy this early in your career? I have a All career. right, I have a done. Career. That's it. All right, and of course, Moral Compass, who can't stop us no matter what he tries to do. And I'm Rick Brett Snyder, reminding you to use, use your powers only for good. And now Lon has been edited up. And thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.lukeski.com.
Cool. <sighs> Goodson said he was going to be here. Yeah, yeah. So, the things I was Garcia going, sounded like he was planning I on being here. I felt that was, by the way, happy birthday. Thank you. I just don't do the Facebook happy birthday wishes. Uh, you know? I don't usually either. Yeah, I'm not. Well, Fred Hembeck wished me a happy birthday this year, so I was somewhat wow, somewhat touched by that. As a, a, a Does he have a little Hembeck icon for his yes, face? Yes, as okay. a longtime Hembeck fan. I still have no idea what he actually looks like, but, you know. Yeah. To have Hembeck make some comment. He actually commented on something I said about my birthday. Oh, because I put my the picture when he had 12 years old, my 7th grade picture. And he said, you don't look a day over it. like... But Hembeck's paying attention to my updates? What the hell? How bored are you, Mr. Hembeck? <laughs> Just bored enough. So you got my print out there. Yeah, so... Um, uh, yeah, we'll just... uh, Goodson, I suggested him that he listen to last week's podcast before he comes in here and talks about parking the saw. He did. What, oh, really? Wow. He said, mission accomplished. He said he agreed with everything, and he only had a couple things to add. Okay. Um... I was going to say of issue of notes is that uh, I would like to marry the woman taking over DC now. She just keeps getting hotter and hotter and understands the blonde, the blonde Diane Nelson. Yeah, <laughs> it's awful. So Rich Johnson's site Bleeding Cool runs an image. They, they he superimposed her, photoshopped her head on the Adam Hughes picture of Black Canary, and it just was also perfectly proportionate. Just for a second, I'm like, yeah, yeah. But she gave, uh, I guess she she's given a couple of interviews where I'm reading when she, I'm a lot less worried about things. Hmm. Yeah, where I shouldn't say I was all that worried, but you know, like we have no need to be worried because she seems to be sharp like understanding and understanding of fandom, which is something very few studios get. Well, she had she had credentials, didn't she? She yeah. was like the DVD producer. She was person? the she was the yeah DC premiere, the Warner premiere. Producer, she so she was the one who'd overseen the, the direct video stuff, mm-hmm. but she also had been the one who convinced, apparently convinced J.K. Rowling and right. Warner Brothers not to sue fans for um, their um, their fan fix online and say you know this is fans fans feel like they own stuff you have to let them right do things and make fan films and do all well that. your art makes on purpose draws them into a personal relationship yeah. with them yeah so and if you you then try and break that you so it does seem to me like she she really got it uh, hurt mm-hmm. but who's left uh, paramount on cbs universal owns nbc disney owns abc Fox Fox. See, both, okay, so Disney and Warner both were owned properties, mm-hmm. marketable properties, before buying the comic book places. I don't think Universal, they own any properties. They're like a... Woody Woodpecker. <laughs> I stand corrected. And Universal Monsters. Although, actually, now that's been sued. That's counter. Now, oh, okay. Now the people the that actually played Monsters. them, the Karloff's heirs, Lugosi's heirs. Oh, really? Own the images of, so they have to license at the park if they show Bell, if they do Bella Lugosi's version of so Dracula. So they have to do a different they have to license Dracula until yeah. Lugosi Jr. dies. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yes. 
because the makeup was of his uh, creation. Uh, uh, well no, no, documented. No, no, not juniors. Not juniors. He was not. The, he was not the makeup artist that his father was. No, but Lon Chaney. But Lon Chaney Senior. Yes. So the Chaney still get the Phantom of the Opera and uh, Hunchback. Uh, until right, yeah. Until they, uh, until that that generation of heirs dies. So, um, I was going to go with it. We'll just go down these things because I obviously had written an article on Batman Blackest Night, so that's good. Um, attorney comic book thing. Oh, so I got this Beast of Burden, and I don't know what it is, but it sounds so good in the. You had it back there. I didn't buy it. Well, it's Evan Dorkin. I love Evan Dorkin's concept. It's about, I don't know, I'm hoping it's more of a We Three thing, but a town where when the supernatural forces gather, the pets all defend the, the people. Oh, interesting. Against. There's a. Yeah. There's a role playing game, game that's based on the idea that your cats can see the demons that are mm-hmm. attacking you. Yeah. And so they actually defend you. Yeah, and you it, dialogue. So yeah, in yeah. the RPG, you play a cat. Well, that was in uh, was the Cat's Eye, the the Stephen King movie. Oh, is it with Drew Barrymore? I never saw that. The mom thinks that the cats are going. You know, they say the cats steal the souls. Of, oh, they do talk. Okay, but um, the the cats steal the souls of children when they sleep. That's an old wives' tale, and so they have that is that this cat. The mom keeps trying to get the cat out of the room, and there's a and of this sickly girl and, and it's Drew Barrymore and it's actually this little demon that keeps coming each night and stealing her breath and the cat okay. is, what has been sent to save her. The Stephen King book? Yeah. Cat's Eye. Well, the movie was called Cat's Eye. I can't remember. It's in Night Shift, isn't it? Uh, I don't remember. Night Shift's one of the few collections I haven't read. Ah, uh, okay. I just finished reading Sal. I haven't read that one. Chimney, that was good. Yeah? Yeah. I really liked it. Even though some of it borrowed, again, from the stand, it was like, but but ultimately, and there's something about post, post post-accident. Oh. Not as neat, and I really like it better. Like, he doesn't neatly wrap things up. Right, because it doesn't really resolve the event that happened. Yeah, like well, there's what's the, the show? Dark Tower cycle? Oh yeah, long time ago. Yeah, well, so I you know I love the way the Dark Tower cycles, and a lot of people hated that ending. Right, and I just I just ooh. thought it was entirely. I, although I wished it had had some, a different ending, I felt the ending was entirely appropriate to the series. Yes, and what he was trying to say, right. and then, so Cell kind of has that same feeling of like, well, I really I was like I read it I read the end and I went flip. Oh, and here's. Preview of Lissy's story. What? Cell just ended? <laughs> but it was good. It has to be a Superman movie. So it couldn't be a JLA movie? They're not going to make a JLA movie. now. That they, well, they are, but the plan now is what they have to retrench is they have to get a Green Lantern movie. Is that they want to follow the Marvel pattern of establish the other characters? Sell your big characters off to another company so you can't do anything right. with them, and then no, but you know to create the Avengers by first doing the solo right, characters, right, right. and that's what. And so, yes, you could make a Brave and the Bold movie, or not. A, you could make a World's Finest movie, yeah. but you. Which I think I'd be happy enough. You give me an actual oh, yeah. Superman, Batman. That'd be cool. You don't need to tell me a damn thing about their backstory. Just give me Superman. Yeah, it's it's the first half of the movie is how they discover each other. Yeah, and, and how um, they don't trust each other, and then it's mm-hmm. a cop movie. It's a buddy mm-hmm. cop movie. Absolutely. 
And uh, so Christoph Waltz, who's the villain in Inglorious Bastards, just took Nicolas Cage's place in The Green Hornet. And suddenly The Green Hornet got, a, got I think, 300% better. So, okay. I haven't seen Inglorious oh Bastards. Oh, my God. You almost find the Nazis reasonable. That guy is so good and insidious and in how just like – and he's like – he's only done German language films and, and he lives in London and Tarantino found him and it's like that guy, he's going to get an Oscar nomination for Inglorious Bastards. Oh, really? He's just so magnetic. He is so – he's in his 50s. And so he's going to play the crime boss in Green Hornet and I'm like – now that's gonna cool. Nicholas Cage would have been just crazy, and I probably would have been bored by his crazy. But I like Nicholas Cage. I, I loved Nicholas Cage in Face Off. Yeah, but see, I, I'll agree with you on that. Yeah, but you just can't say anything reasonable about, about a, a performance by Nicholas Cage in the last five years. Okay, I'll give you that. We should save this. Uh, <laughs> this discussion and okay. any cool news broken? I wish is that the next. Um, the next animated directed DVD is Justice League Crisis on Two Earths. So they're doing the, the crime syndicate, which it's like they're saying making a big deal out of it. And I'm like, well, Craven the Bold already did it. We already had Owl Man. It's not like it's, right. in, it, you know, but but I'm sure it's going to be cool. But but it looked to me like from the very few, there's only like a couple pictures have leaked out. And. I don't think the Justice Society is in it. I think it's just the Justice League facing the crime syndicate. Okay. So it's really that Grant Morrison. It is. Too. Yeah. And it even so it has, is clo- that much closer to the Brave and the Bold story then. Yeah. And it even has has the Martian Manhunter's lame outfit they gave him just before he died. Mm-hmm. That, that wetsuit look. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. Everything else. That's what killed him. Yeah, bad costuming. There's Michael Goodson, and I'll talk about the very walking sleazy, in from his car right now. A very sleazy thing they did with tried to do with V. Okay. Any other TV stuff? I did watch Glee. Yeah. I like the uh, I forgot her name. The actress from uh, Best in Show and all the other ones. Yeah, Jane Lynch. Yeah, Jane Lynch. Um, Jeez, she cracks so me up. Hardcore, self-absorbed. <laughs> it's fantastic. I'm gonna cut, I'm gonna take money from the from the dry cleaning budget. No, there are dry cleaners just as good in America. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey. I was just practicing my podcast smarmy voice. Hello, gentlemen. Are we recording live? Not yet. Not yet. We were about to start, and I saw you roll up. No, uh, is this, is this your cousin's thing? That is my cousin's thing. Derek, I want to hear you on mic, because last, last, you were over-modulating last week, and I want to get oh, okay. you. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm going to ask you to scream and do it, too. That's <laughs> no, good. You're I'm fine. returning this. It was on my... Uh, cool. This, you should be able to find this pretty easy if you... It's on Amazon. Oh, is it on Amazon? Good. I'm glad you liked it. Can you well, hear yourself now? I, I can't hear myself. Okay, we were just about ready to start. As usual, I don't sound uh, quite as strong on the mic as well, I do in my I need head. you to talk into it for a little bit then. I have a whispery voice. I hope you understand that's just how life works for you. Oh. It's just the way I'm drawn. You don't sound as strong. I'm drawn to be breathy. Just talk normally for a second. Sorry. Uh, hi, this is Michael Goodson. I'll be making comments. 
talking, talking. We should be Love so lucky. Batman, still talking, have nothing more to say you at this sound point. Fine now. Thank you. <laughs> uh, did you take drama classes? Didn't you? Suddenly felt and pressured for banter. Do didn't a bit. Blah, blah, blah. I know. He now puts us on the spot. Of of our discontent. Well, you blah, know I'm blah, not. Blah, you know I'm not blah, a movie blah, quote blah, guy. Please, Lord, that's, blah, blah, don't blah, do that blah, again. Blah, blah. <laughs> One woman is fair, yet I am fine. Shakespeare is not a Gregorian chant. This now is the winter of. I did brush up on my podcast. I'm now familiar with your topic or your discussion of District Nine and uh, Batman: Arkham Asylum. I can weigh in on either, but uh, if, you, uh, if you'd much rather just move way on, out of that, it's, uh, it's fine. You know, you can put about a, another inch between your mouth and the mic. There you go. Okay. That's not the first time he's heard that. There you go. Shall we start? Go ahead. Mm-hmm. It goes to Rick. Moral compass keeps it clean. So much for a clean start. Okay, hang on. <laughs>